Hey everybody, it's your boy CJ Mello in the building. What's going on? So on this episode, we'll be talking about the huge news that James Gunn dropped a few days ago. But the whole slate, 8 to 10 years of DC movies, comics, and gaming. Alright, let's go. Hello, hello, welcome back to another episode of the Mellow Podcast. It is your person, your boy, your man's CJ Mellow or Mellow. Either way, call what you want. We got some big news this week from the man, James Mother Freaking Gun. He came out with a video, I believe either it was midday Tuesday or no, it was Tuesday. Yes, it was uh, it was Wednesday. About what the 8 to 10 year plan is for DC movies, comics, gaming, and all that stuff. I am excited. We're about to break. We're going to break some things down. Hopefully, I can break it down the best that I can from what I remember. But basically, first thing he said was he wants everything to be interconnected. So he wants the movies, the TV shows, the games to connect in one way. Even the animated shows to all connect in one world, one way, so it all flows through together. And I thought that was just so cool and genius. Now, the thing I feel like is going to be interesting is the animated situation because he said any animation that they do, he wants the same actors does the animation to do the actual live action, live action casting. So let's say we get an animated super. I mean, we're not getting animated Superman, but let's just say the person. Let's say we got animated Superman, the new one, and then that person that voiced that Superman, he, James Gunn wants that same person to play the live action version of Superman. You know, but that was, that was just like a a breakdown. Basically, I'm just trying to give you an example. There you go, an example. But first, he said was so this. I'm trying to see. I want to break this down properly so it makes sense. So basically, he said everything we want to be interconnected, which I think is awesome. But then he also said that everything that's like the Joker—I mean, not the Joker, but you know what I mean—movie the Joker, uh, the Batman, Teen Titans Go, uh, like the CW shows—he's going to consider that DC Elseworlds. So he is basically saying there's going to be like a separate universe for that. That's a whole separate universe from what the, the new DCU is going to be. So that's the main thing. So like Joker, the Batman, the Batman 2 when that comes out, the Joker Harley Quinn movie that's supposed to be coming out, Teen Titans Go, which I think is awesome actually. Yeah, he actually brought that up. And um, basically the only CW show that's still alive at this current moment well, the Flash is alive for another couple months, but it's uh, Superman and Lois. So those will be considered DC Elseworld, their own universe, separate from the main DCU continuity. And then we go back to the main DC continuity, which is like we all know. We're gonna start off with Shazam: Fury of the Gods, which comes out, I believe, this month, if not next month. I gotta recheck that myself. I feel like I'm I'm a day off or something. Yeah, March, I think, 11th or 17th, it comes out. So that's cool to know. And he says that will actually carry over into The Flash, which he he confirmed. The Flash will reset the DC Universe. He, James just said it. The Flash movie, which to me, you, we're basically just doing the Flashpoint paradox. Are we not? We're not doing Flashpoint, basically? This is what we're doing here. But then next... He says we'll, we'll get into the Blue Beetle movie, which I'm excited for. I think you all heard me before. If you all heard, I've been reading like the Blue Beetle comic, the most recent one. I love Blue Beetle. To me, he's like one of the dopest characters out there in the DC Universe. People sleep on him. So that's going to be fun to do. And I wonder if we're going to get a little tease from something I'm going to talk about later in the Blue Beetle movie. That's hopefully going to happen when I'm talking about more of these shows or movies in a few minutes. And then he gets, he says, we get Aquaman 2. So at least we're confirming we're still getting Aquaman 2. No, that was supposed to come out in 2022, this, like, December, this past December. 
But I guess we are getting it in December, though. This year, December. Aquaman 2, so that's officially confirmed. But then here's where we really break, get into, so to speak, the new DCU. In the sense of... Because you got to remember, all these other projects were done before James Gunn and Peter Safran ever pulled up. All these movies were done. Oh, like, that's them. But luckily, they didn't, like, de delete or deny anything. So I'm glad the Flash movie's still good, because I was going to get mad that that didn't happen. But like I said, let's get into the actual DC, new, the new DCU, so to speak. So, they're calling chapter, the same, they're calling, I guess we're going by chapters, because you, know, you can't do phases, because Marvel already did it. Chapter 1, they're calling it Gods and Monsters. Now, boom. You should already know. Essentially, your mind should be going like, okay, it's basically going to be gods and monsters, monsters and gods, stuff like that. And the first thing that James Gunn said we're going to be getting is something called Creature Commandos, which I believe is supposed to be a TV series. I did have all my information in my possession. No, I don't have. Creature Commandos is going to be an animated series written by James Gunn. Now, I'm not, I don't know much about Creature Commando, so I'm not trying to be an asshole, be like, act like I do. But you know what, let's look it up, since we're here. Let's see, Creature Commandos, DC Comics team, okay. So the Creature Commando Commandos are a fictional DC Comics team of military superhumans originally set in World War II. The original team was introduced in Weird Weird War Tales, number 93 in 1980, created by J.M. DeMattis and Peter Broderick, or Pat Broderick, excuse me. Um, gee, huh, who, but who does it consist of, though? Uh, the team is composed of human team leader, a human team leader, a werewolf, a vampire, a Frankenstein monster, and a gorgon. Now, for this, from what I saw the photo... Looks like again a I don't know who again. Looks like a Dracula's wife. What is her name? But Sassy, yeah, that's about everybody that's here. It looks like that's exactly what it's gonna be. I see a human. I see a female Frankenstein. I see Frankenstein. Um, I actually do see a Gorgon. And I see an alien. So I wonder. I don't know how long this whole creature command has been around. I'm about to read it up on it. Cause I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, but essentially that's what we're getting. A new, I guess, team, DC team. I don't know. If, essentially, I'm assuming they're heroes and not villains and stuff like that. But I guess the modern team is considered of Atten, the mummy-like communication specialist. The Bogman, a humanoid amphibian grunt reassembling the Gillman. Gunner, a cyborg named Gunner Mackey who died in World War II. Hunter, a 74-year-old Captain Lucius Hunter, formerly Hunter's Hellcats. Dr. Medusa. Dr. Mir Myra Rhodes, whose body was mutated even further into a Gorgon-like form since her first appearance. Patchwork, which is Elliot Lucky, who was pretty much the same as before. Uh, Velcro, Vincent Velcro, who, like Mira, has mutated even further from his treatments and now has red skin and a white ponytail. I think I might see that actually. And Wolfpack. Warren Griffin, who is even more savage and out of control in his in this incarnation. So there's been different incarnations of this team. So we're gonna see what happens with this crew. Again, I'm gonna try to read up on this a little a little more later on. Um excuse me. But I do like the fact that as you know, James Gunn is different. Like he tries to bring characters that you don't expect to do something. But it doesn't like the Guardians of the Galaxy. No one thought that was gonna be anything. And look, look how big that sh that blew up. Guardians blew up, man. And now you got three movies out of it and a holiday special. Like, come on, no one thought that was gonna happen. Shoot, I didn't think that was gonna happen. I'm like, who the hell are the Guardians? But James Gunn just does something with, the, with weird characters that nobody else can do, and it's just weird, you know. That he he just he has a weird touch, you know. He just has a weird touch. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Oh, my throat hurts. And then next, we we have Waller. 
So we're getting Amanda Waller's own TV show. So basically, this Amanda Waller is going to have the team, some people from the team of Peacemaker on her show. So I guess Peacemaker 2, season 2 has been put on hold because of this series. But it's supposed to use like the same crew that they use for Peacemaker. So that's going to be cool to see. He didn't really break down that much about like what it's supposed to be, but it's Amanda Waller. She's always up to fucking something, dude. She's always hiding something from people. You know what I'm saying? And then, like James Gunn said, this is where the real DCU takes off. We have, we have a movie coming called Superman Legacy. Okay? So we're going we're gonna to be getting a whole new Superman. Supposed to be coming, he said he already gave a date for it too, July eleventh, twenty twenty-five. I think it's crazy that we're already getting like a new we're basically getting a whole new Superman. Like what? So if you didn't know, James Gunn put a put a note out there that said like Harry Cavill wasn't fired, he just wasn't hired. But telling he already was hired. So wouldn't that mean he got fired? I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just, like, I'm wondering, um, what, uh, like, think about that, just think about that for a second, if he wasn't hired, then he would have been fired, because he was already on the team, technically speaking, correct, or am I wrong about this, please, somebody tell me, because I, I, I want to know, but it's, it's supposed to be a whole younger Superman, though. So I'm wondering if there's like his early days in Metropolis, you know what I mean? Because you kind of got that with Henry Cavill, his character, like, but it was like just fast forward really quickly. Um, I do believe James Gunn himself. He said he's writing. He's in the moment of almost. He's halfway through the writing process of this movie, so that's gonna be cool to see. Um, but who, like, who? I'm trying to think. Who could be a good young Superman? You know, like, it's not an origin story. Like, I'm reading it right now. It says, Peter Saffron said, It's not an origin story. It focuses on Superman balancing his Krypton, Kryptonian heritage with his uh, human upbringing. Superman represents truth, justice, and the American way, which is true. He is kindness. He is kindness in a world that thinks of kindness as old-fashioned. With our stories, we want to take it away from... From good guys versus bad guys, explains Guns. They are really good, almost saintly. People and Superman is among among them. They are really terrible villains like Gorilla God or the Joker, and then there's everybody in between them. So there are all these shades of gray, which allow us to tell complex stories. It's true. Now humans are not all bad. Do humans do bad things? Sometimes, yes. Do they mean to do those bad things, depending on how the human really perceives and thinks about it? Yes and no. Y'all tell me, who do you think will be a good new Superman? You know, I really have no idea. Like, I, my mind cannot get around, like, who can be a good Superman? Like, a good young Superman, because it's hard. It feels very hard, because we've had some pretty decent Superman. Henry Cavill's probably been the top notch since Christopher Reeves at the time. And I can't hate on, um, I feel so bad. It was the Adam on, on the Arrow shows, on the, in the Arrowverse. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I should know his freaking name. Sorry, I'm not trying to scream, guys. Um, ooh, what the heck was his name? Brandon Routh. Yes, he was. he played Superman. And um the D or the that he did do one Superman movie. And then I love the fact that in um in the DC or the Arrow versus Flashpoint, so to speak, um he also played an older Superman. Like he had the gray streaks on the side of his head and stuff like that, which I thought was really cool. Um next we have a TV series coming called Lanterns or the Lantern. I'm not sure if it's the or Lantern, but it's gonna focus on Hal Jordan and John Stewart. And it's supposed to be like a detective style story, which I think, yo, first of all, we've been asking, we've been wanting a Hal Jordan, 
Grant Lantern movie for how, however long. I like the fact they're bringing the most two notable ones together. So it's going to be like a good guy, bad guy, detective kind of story. Because we both know how is the Joker, what can be Joker, can be very jokey when it comes to being a Lantern, but he's also serious. We all know John Stewart is very serious when it comes to being the Green Lantern. He rarely has any like joking things going on and stuff like that. But he said it's supposed to be a detective style story. So like I said, good guy, bad guy maybe kind of thing. It's gonna be it's gonna be like almost like a bad boys kind of style, I wonder. And who's gonna play Hal Jordan? Who's gonna play John Stewart? I want David Ramsey from on the Arrowverse, the Arrow show, to play John Stewart. But he, they already put that on the show. That you know, no, I don't want to do this. I want to stay with my family. He basically confirmed, like the show confirmed, like no, nah, he's not doing it. <coughs> so who could play a good John Stewart? Let's type that in. Who could play a good John? Come on, come on. There we go. John Stewart. Let's see, what, let's see what goggle pops off for me. Sterling K. Brown, huh? Yeah, but I feel like he's a little too old. Like I don't want to be like a dick that way, but I feel like he's just a little bit too old. Mahershala Ali can't do that. He's supposed to be Blade and Marvel, so that's a no go. Um, David, oh, they, oh, why does that name sound familiar to me? Um, search, search. Search, search. David Oliver, what? Yo, this dude looks so familiar. Where do I know you from? What have you done? David, David, David. What have you done, my brother? What have you done? See, movies. What have you done? See, oh, he would play Dr. King in Selma. Okay. Haven't seen that movie. But I know, I know that's the guy that played it. Okay. And then TV shows. And then TV shows. Yeah, TV shows I don't watch. Okay. And then Trevante Rhodes. Who's Trevante Rhodes? <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, guys. I have a cough. This won't go away, and it's annoying. Oh, he's the new Mike Tyson and Mike. Trevante Rhodes. Huh. Actually, movies. What did he do? He did Moonlight. Never saw it. The Predator, most recent one. He did Bird Box. He United States was Billy Holiday with doing the Netflix Netflix film. His look though, I can see him actually playing John Stewart. Okay. I think Stanley K. Brown. I'm just saying, if you're gonna do an older John Stewart, yeah, all day, let's go. We can do that. But I uh, know I don't I need like a young semi young to middle aged person. Andre Holland. My brother, what have you done? Bones and all passing 42. 42. I've seen 42. What are you doing? 42. Huh. Uh, TV shows. The Eddie, the Nick. Yeah, none of these movies I've seen. So I don't know. I'm not sure who Andre Holland is. But I like the list, though. Main one, I would say, is Trevante Rhodes. Just the look. I could see him easily pull it off. Oh, Amari Hardwick. Yo. I could see that. I guess another one I could see. Could Leslie Odom Jr. do it? If you don't know who Leslie Odom Jr. is, he played um the dude that killed um Hamilton in the in the play Hamilton. I forgot what the hell fucking freaking. I'm trying not to cuss as much. And he played Aaron Burr. I mean, I've only seen him do that, so I don't know. But he he he's got the look for it though. Oh, I mean, if they want to go like on a lighter tone, I can see that. I'm just trying to... But right now, the main one is Trevante Rhodes to me would be the best bet. I like that. I can see him pulling it off. I can see that. Okay. Let's go. Trevante Rhodes. You ain't number one person to be doing this, my dude. You number one right now, my brother. You number one. But that's... Like I said, that's the Lantern stuff. And that was supposed to get into another off-boot kind of thing. The Authority. Which I don't know if that's supposed to be a movie. Yeah, it's supposed to be a movie. Now the authority is supposed to be a team from um, DC's. Uh, I forgot what the hell. It's like a different brand of DC. I think it's called Wildstorm. 
Let me look it up again. Sorry. I should have had this all like situated, but I feel like we're doing it now, breaking it down together. <coughs> Damn it. I'm so sorry. Y'all, I'm not trying to cough in y'all ears and stuff like that. Let's see. What is the authority? Explain. Let's see. Let's see. Let's break down the authority. The authority explains. The authority is a group of anti-heroes who are committed to saving the world at any cost. Debuted in 1999's The Authority, written by Warren Ellis, artwork by Brian Hitch, and published by the Jimly founded Wildstorm. So it's like a side project. It's like DC, but on the side. You know what I'm saying? The Authority was published shortly after DC Comics bought Wildstorm, meaning that the group was technically born as DC property. That said, Wildstorm remained separate as part of the DC multiverse. It was only in the Flashpoint Cars reboot New 52, which came to be two years after the Wildstorm imprinted ended, that the Wildstorm characters truly became part of the DC main DC universe. Okay. In a way, the Authority can be compared to the DCAU's Justice League Lords of Justice, or even Marvel's Illuminati. Oh, okay. The Authority was born off the Stormwatch, one of Wildstorm's flagship properties, with some of its remaining members coming together to form a new group after the original one was disbanded. This new team had a far fewer restrictions from that of Stormwatch, especially because founder Jenny Sparks was already part of a more radical side of Stormwatch, whereas the Stormwatch entered the United Nations in an MCU Sokovia Accord style. Well, the authority only answered to themselves. Huh. So, see, we got team members here. Who, who do we got for team members? So, everything we, so let's go straight to you know about the movie. The Authority's movie is one of the projects being outlined by James Gunn. Not only will this be the first proper The Authority adaptation, aside from a few references here and there, but it will also bring Wildstorm characters into a larger DC universe in a way that was only really done through the New 52 reboot. The Authority is considered a big film and expected to tie into other upcoming DC movies. It is not clear exactly which Authority team members will be a part of the film, as well as who the Authority will face in the upcoming DCU. It is important to know that the Elite, an anti-hero team led by Manchester Black, oh, that often faces Superman, was inspired by the Authority. In fact, Manchester Black was sort of an Earth Prime version of Jenny Sparks. Given that one of James Gunn's first DCU projects is a Superman reboot, reboot, the Authority story could very well be linked to Superman. So basically, now we, now this is Screen Rant, what I'm reading right now, from ScreenRant.com. What they're kind of saying is, what if the Superman Legacy movie and the Authority's movie connect together? Like somehow, like at the end of the Superman Legacy movie, you get like a hint of the Authority or at the end of like the Authority movie, you got a hint of Superman and stuff like that. The Man of Steel actually faced the Authority in the comics in 2021 Superman and the Authority. Oh, oh, you see, you're just hitting all points now. A story that could also serve as an inspiration for Gunn's upcoming DCU. The Authority can also work as an anti-justice league in this new DCU, similar to what the DCAU did, DC Animated Universe. <coughs> I'm sorry, but uh, I'm trying to find the team here, and nothing's really giving it to me. Uh, let's see, let's see the team: Jenny Spark, an immortal born in 1900s that can control electricity. Midnighter, a super soldier who went on to become one of Wildstorm's most recognizable characters, and is often compared to Batman. Swift was. Wings similar to the Justice Society's Hawkman. The Doctor, a Doctor Strange-like character who uses magic. The Engineer, a Terminator 2's T-1000-like cyborg who can turn into liquid metal. Oh, shit. That's actually kind of cool. And Jack Hawksmore, whose powers can be a bit more tricky to understand. Hawksmore can create a symbiotic relationship with whatever city he is in, which grants him heightened senses. Okay. Let's just say that's going to be the team. I just already like what I'm hearing. That at least sounds badass. Whoever's going to be part of this team. Um, again, there's something else I got to read up on. I got to read up on the authority. I got to read up on um, what you guys call creature commandos. But, huh. 
James Gunn, dude, like this dude just like his mind goes so many different directions. It's crazy. And next we're supposed to get Was it Paradise Lost? So Paradise Lost. Also known as the home island of Wonder Woman. Themyscira. So this story is supposed to be pre Wonder Woman being born. I don't know how that's gonna work. As you think of Paradise Lost last Themyscira, you think Wonder Woman. Then you're gonna do is without Wonder Woman being there. Okay, good luck. I'm not saying it's gonna be anything bad, but he already says it's supposed to be. A, how do I say this? A Game of Thrones style story set in on Themyscira before Wonder Woman is born. Now, if you can pull it off, pull it off. Game of Thrones was freaking popular for almost 10 years. I think it was 10 years. Could be wrong. But for at least seven. At least seven years. Um, James, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, mean, I, can't, I only like the first three seasons of Game of Thrones, so... <clears throat> but... If you're going to do a story without Wonder Woman, which people have tried to do stories without the main heroes, and most of them never worked. So... I'm hoping this works for him, for the DC team. I'm really hoping that at least everything just works for them, you know. Cause I could, this could be a very because you kind of bring around other women, other stories. You probably get like Ares. You probably get Zeus a little bit, maybe Hercules. Like you kind of get those stories before we get the true. Cause that's it. My assumption is by the end of this whole that whole Paradise Lost show, whenever it ends, you're gonna. Wonder Woman's going to have to be born, right? Or at least some point during that story, she's going to have to be taught, like, brought up in a, in a way that, like, oh, the new queen is here or something like that. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. I would assume that's what it would have to be. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that's just my thought process about it and everything like that. Next, we have the brave and the bold. All right. Brave and the Bold. So I guess this one's going to be a little different than what we know the Brave and the Bold to be. It's supposed to tell you this one's going to be uh, father and son um, story. Batman and Damian Wayne Robin. That's basically how James Gunn basically said it was going to be. Movie. This is. He also said it's going to be like the first iteration of like the bat family you know what i'm saying just looking up more information sorry i feel like that was never a thing i mean i could be wrong but basically it's supposed to be like you know batman took uh robin under his wing and basically like try to train him up to be a better robin but this is going to bring, this will be the first iteration of bringing us Batman. So we're going to get a new Batman too. So we're going to have two different Batmans. We're going to have the DC Elseworlds Batman, which is Robert Pattinson. And then we're going to have this Batman. So, so and it's supposed to be, as Gunn said, the Brave and the Bold is adapting, adapting from Grant Morrison's acclaimed run. So now i got to find that. i got to catch myself up, man. This is the story of Damian Wayne, who's Batman's actual son that he didn't know existed for the first 10 years of his life. Gunn says he was raised as a little murderer and assassin. If you know, he was raised by the um, League of Assassins, Ra's al Ghul. Um, Gunn said he's my favorite Robin. We're putting it all together right now. Who is Bruce Wayne this time? Someone new, of course. This is the introduction of DCU's Batman. It's not Robert Pattinson. It's not Ben Affleck. We're working with Robert on the Batman Part 2 with Matt Reeves. And we're working with Ben Affleck, who has been part of our team, trying to bring things together, and he really wants to direct one of our projects. Huh, interesting. What could he direct, though? He's He's been wanting to do a Batman movie, so why don't we just let him direct this Batman? See what happens. So basically, this is essentially Batman finding out he has a son, and basically training him to not be an assassin and a murderer. 
And if you know, after a while, Damien kind of understands the whole Batman lore. He understands, like, okay, I can't kill just to kill because I want to kill. So I, I, I will still have those forever tendencies, but I can't just murder people because, oh, hey, it's fun to murder people. Yay. No, you can't do that, Damien. Damien Damien's my top two, top three. Me will always be Dick Grayson. No, that's a fucking lie. I only like Dick Grayson as Nightwing. It's weird, I know. Damien probably is my number one. Yeah, Damien's my number one. Tim is my number two. I w- and I can't really say Jason because he barely was there. And then, um, I guess, only really two. Okay. Damien and fucking, uh, what'd you call it? Tim Drake. Eh, oh, well. Okay, so two is enough. <coughs> um, so I wonder how they're going to play this out. And who... I already heard that... Um. What's his name? James Tanakin. He's he's in um the Cobra Kai TV show on Netflix. Um, what the hell is his name, bro? What is his name? James Buchanan. He plays Tanner Buchanan. So I knew it was somewhere in there. Tanner Buchanan. He plays like. The son of William Zabka's Johnny Lawrence, if you remember from the original Karate Kid movie. That kid actually is a great actor. He know he already knows how to fight, do fight scenes. I can see him, but he's not young enough, though. If you're going to do, like, a young Damian Wayne, it, he's got to be, like, 10 years old at least. Unless you're going to fast-forward it just a little bit, just to make do certain things that you can't do, then okay. But no, he. Like, I could see him do it like an older Damian Wayne, but for a young version, no, he can't. He couldn't do it. It's not that he shouldn't. I just don't think he should. He's just too old to play that character at this current moment, you know. But I'm excited to see where they'll take this whole um, Brave and the Bold situation going. Now, the man, the myth, the legend. That I feel like a lot of people have actually been asking for. <coughs> I'm so sorry. Booster Gold. Yeah, you heard me. You heard me. Booster Gold is getting his own. Oh, let me make sure I get this right. TV show. Okay. It's supposed to be a comedy series based on Mike Carter's run. Um. <laughs> Booster Gold, if you don't know who he is, he's basically a person from the future that comes to present world and tries to get away with all these different things in f- present day time with all future tech, basically, is what it is. It's 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 a comedy. He he's he's a funny mother flower. Let's put it that way. Um. He, him and Blue Beetle, this is why I said a Blue Beetle earlier. Him and Blue Beetle are actually best friends. So I wonder if we're going to get a hint of Booster Gold in the Blue Beetle movie before. Because I would, I'm like, yeah, let's go, bro. Let's go, bro. I would love to see those two team up. I want to see those two team up. Please, please. please. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Please. So. I'm gonna break it. I'm gonna just read it real quick. Booster Gold's DC origin story: Booster and his sidekick robot Skeets are originally from the year 2462. In this time, Michael John Carter, which is his name, was a promising young quarterback for Gotham University. Desperate for money, Michael was caught betting on college football games in a huge scandal. Gotham U expelled him. He eventually found a job as a guard at the same at the Space Museum in Metropolis, where he met a security robot, Skeets. At the museum, he marveled at the exhibits highlighting Earth's golden age of heroes. Michael realized there was an opportunity for a superhero to have endorsement deals just like star athletes. But he knew he was too infamous to reach that level of celebrity. So he grabbed super-powered equipment from the museum and along with Skeets, activated Rip Hunter's time machine, also on exhibit, to go back in time. Booster Gold began his hero career in present-day Metropolis. He quickly rose to fame, never missing a chance to deliver a soundbite. Although being a superhero proved to be a lot more difficult than he expected, but if Booster is anything, he's persistent, 
So his quest for fame never ends. Uh, yeah. I'm excited, though. I know, I, I, I just had a huge cough. And, yeah, it's like almost my energy just got pulled away from me. Well, basically, Booster Gold, in his time, he's just a regular person. But it's like the moment he starts using his skills that he as an athlete, he steals, he basically stole equipment to get superpowers, and he basically has a power suit. It gives him the power of super strength, energy blast, and a force field that render, renders him invulnerable. He also grabbed the Legion Flight Ring and the glitzy high-tech goggles to complete his outfit. Building his brand, Booster Gold's real superpower is his real superpower. It's making himself famous. He He's put his name on licensed goods for action figures, comic books, and lunchboxes. And then there's Booster Flaky Cereal, Booster Bubblegum, and the Booster Mobile made by Breisler, the Booster Golden Nugget Casino. The list goes on. He knows how to put, he knows how to market himself, basically is what this is here. Basically what makes him strong is because of his uh, little security robot Skeets. Was the smartest move he ever made was bring along Skeets. Skeets might technically be Booster's ghost sidekick, but everyone knows Booster would be lost without his sentiment robot pal. He often calls Skeets coach, a nod to his football pass as well as a hint of how much he looks up to the little robot. Skeets is an indispensable source of knowledge and battle taxes, occasionally taking advantage of historical records of the present day that he carries from the future. So, like I said, the best connection would be if they give a little nod to Booster in the DC, uh, the Blue Beetle movie that's coming out this year. And we're supposed to be getting, I think, Ted Court in that movie too. So that's going to be... Now, uh, question is, is it going to be Booster? Like, oh, he's best friends with Ted Court. So I wonder if they... We see him in the movie, we'll be like, hey, Michael, hey, Carter, like some weird nod to him. He just turns around real quick and then, you know, turns away, be like, boom. Like, you don't even know. Question, who will play Booster Gold? Who's going to play Booster? I want to know who wants to play Booster. Who's going to play Mr. Booster Booster? Booster Booster. You know who I think could be a good Booster Gold? Donald Faison. I forgot what movie he was in. He was like, um, he was the weird boyfriend in um, Clueless. For um, the other chicks, the chicks, the main character's friend. God, what the hell is his name now? I hate the fact I forget names and they're in the top of my head. Dude, what did you, f what else? I know, those, he was a doctor in a comedy doctor show. God, darn it. Skeets? No, Scrubs. Yes, Scrubs. Thank you. Oh, damn it. He, he was on Scrubs. No, I know people know who he is. He's got, you know what I mean? He really, in the last couple of years, done, he hasn't done anything really like, oh my God, I know who he is now. He was definitely more of like late 90s, early 90s kind of guy. He was, remember the Titans? As the the running back that was really like cocky and stuff until Denzel Washington's character kind of brought him down to size. Like, yo, chill, bro. And then, But he changed him from running back to... um. Oh my God, cornerback! If I'm correct, because he was so fast, he can keep up with the other defender. Um, but Donald Faison would be a bo good booster goal because just his comedy, his comedy prowess is like on top, bro. Like I love that dude as, as a comedian. But next, now with the last two are movies, which I think is cool, is Supergirl: Woman of Tomorrow. Now, what James Gunn said about this. Basically, was it's how Supergirl, you know how Superman kind of got thrown out the world just before everything blew up. Well, in this case, Supergirl basically watched everybody die in front of her. Everybody she knew and loved just straight died right in front of her face on Krypton. So, and I think they're taking it from a book. He's supposed to be almost, I don't, don't want to say Western style. I don't want to say that. Like a space Western. Yeah. 
the really high-fi space ones there, basically. So what it says here, basically, is, In Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, King translates Charles Poitras' classic Western novel, True Grit, into a high-fantasy space adventure, as a reluctant Supergirl teams up with a young woman who wants revenge for the brutal and pointless murder of her father at the hands of a stranger. In this pages, artist Evelyn, along with colorist Mathis Loves, brings what could have been a simple homage to life in an utterly unique way, taking leaders on a constantly colorful quest for vengeance. Actually, I think this is the comic. Because there actually is a comic called Woman of Tomorrow. Um, let's see, let's see. Now, I wonder, is it still going to be, um, what is her name? Sarah something that's supposed to be playing Supergirl? Because she is in the Flash movie. So I hope they're still keeping her as that. Okay, so I was wrong. Um, either way, giving Super her first DCU solo movie and flinging her into the cosmos on a John Wick-inspired Vengeance-fueled adventure would feel completely fresh. And while it was done much smaller budget, DC already has a framework for female-led deep space adventure thanks to Legends of Tomorrow, which is true. I'm trying to see, like, what? so is she going to be, like, a drunken Supergirl? Because you, you're talking about doing a Western True Grit style kind of thing. The main dude in True Grit, he was a drunk. Are you going to make Supergirl drunk? So I, I'm not going to like that if you are. Because we had a great Supergirl, Man Melissa Benoist, in the, DC, um, the CW-verse. I think she played a phenomenal Supergirl. So I wonder how... I'm really lost how they're going to do this. If they're going to adapt it from the comic, okay. But to add new nuance and find the best way to bring stunning visuals to life in a different medium. Evelyn Lopes art has to be at the start of the adaptation as the eye for celestial nature of the cosmos is unique selling point that elevates this true grit retelling to a whole nother level. Then give us Kara, Ruth, and Crypto embarking on that dark mission for justice while always remembering who Kara is. So we're going to have Crypto on this too before he ever makes, gets to Superman. I think that's cool. I like that. I like that. Huh. But like a... So it's supposed to be like a Western. But space Western. Huh. I wonder... Sasha Kaye, that's her name. I want I hope she's still yeah. She will continue the role in this movie. Okay, cool. Cool. Cool, cool. And then lastly, I did not watch um the special on Disney Plus of um the Halloween special that Marvel did on Disney Plus. Was um the horror thing, whatever the hell it was called. But Swamp Thing is getting his own movie. I do not know it's supposed to be the same person if it's that did was Swamp Thing in the live action thing <laughs> apologize but I mean there, there's already a, there already was a Swamp Thing movie but that was in 1982 and that didn't get great reviews so we're gonna it's supposed to be directed by Indiana Jones James's Indiana Jones's uh, James Mangold I've never seen a Indiana Jones movie, so I couldn't tell you that's good or bad, truth be told. Um, but he wants to direct it, and Mango put something on Twitter of a Swamp Thing photo. So clearly he wants to take it. Supposedly, talks are reportedly in very early stages, but Mango's tweets only makes it seem like he's all but ready to tackle the challenge. Swamp Thing was a final project Gunn and Saffron announced this week, and it was given as the example of a project that totally will differ most from the rest of the DC Universe, while still being part of the overall story. It's a character that has seen many adaptations over the years, most notably a Wes Craven directed in 1982 movie and three seasons of a 1990s TV show. I didn't know that part. There was, there was a more recent show in 2019, several attempts to bring the character back to the big screen over the years. But nothing has stuck yet. Mangold, of course, is not a stranger when it comes to comic book genre. Though tackling Indiana Jones is his biggest project to date. He's also directed The Wolverine and Logan. Oh, okay. Now you got my attention. 
Wolverine, eh. Logan, Logan was phenomenal. So if he, oh, you got me excited now. The latter of which he wrote and garnered him an Oscar nomination for screenwriting. That film telling a story of a hero with complex history, finally dealing with his fate, begins to show just what he may be able to bring, not just the Swamp Thing, but DC Studios in general. James Mangle, I think you just won me over just by knowing that you did Logan. The fact that you did Logan. Oh, dude, let's go. Let's beeping go. <laughs> I am actually extremely excited right now. I am excited. Let's see. I'm just trying to break it down. Some people don't know who Swamp Thing is, so I'm trying to... I'm not the best at describing who Swamp Thing is. Swamp Thing is a fictional anti-hero in comic books published by the American DC Comics Company. Yep, okay. I'm going to get that break it down into. We know it's by DC. Um, uh, I just try to break... I'm just trying to break him down. I don't want... I don't need to know everything else. Uh, so also different versions of him? In the comments, there's like five different versions of him. Okay, I didn't know that. Oh my goodness. Albert Hall Haller sounds German, sorry. Is a German airplane pilot who fought in World War II and was shot down over a bog in 1942. In the wake of his death, in which he was burned alive, he became the Swamp Thing of that of that era. For years, he walked the earth, keeping only a small airplane toy with him as the only memory of his former life. In 1954, the creature finally found peace among the par parliament of trees. Then we have Alan Howman, was selected by the Parliament of Trees. So the Parliament of Trees selects who can, who's the next Swamp Thing. I did not know this. <coughs> that is awesome. So there's basically like a league of trees that chooses who can be the next Swamp Thing. I, again, I don't know really anything, if anything about Swamp Thing. That is awesome. A tree is like, yeah, I like you. You seem like you're the right persona and just right attitude to be a swamp creature. You're next. That's cool. Swamp thing can inhabit animate vegetable matter anywhere, including alien plants, even sentient ones, and construct it into its into a body for himself. As a result, bodily attacks mean little to him. He can easily regrow damaged or severed body parts, and can even transport himself across the globe by leaving his current form. Transforming his consciousness to a new form grown from whatever vegetable matter is present in the location he wishes to reach. He even grew himself a form out of John Constantine's meager tobacco supply on one occasion. Whoa. Swamp Thing is normally human size or slightly larger than average, but he can grow bodies much larger. He once used Sequoia to grow a body the size of a, an office block. He can control any form of plant life. He can make it bend to his will or accelerate its growth. Can even extend alien life, as he once cured Superman of an infection caused by exposure to Kryptonian plant that was driving Superman mad and causing his body to burn out its own power. After the mark, after the run by Mark Miller, Swamplin also mastered the elements of fire, earth, water, and air. The parliaments of each were later killed by the word, implying that he was retained these he has retained these abilities and has the power once held by the parliaments. It has yet to be explained. Huh. The swamp the new swamp thing, which was resurrected by Alex Holland, has no power over a white lantern powering, but he can control all forms of plant life and even grow every kind, even if it's unknown to him. He can also grow from any plant life anywhere dead or alive. This is seen when Cedar creates a portal to the moon and banishes him there. However, Holland simply resurrects himself back on Earth from the plants growing on Cedar's face. Okay, I'm trying to be a fan of Swamp Thing right now. Swamp Thing is essentially considered magical horror realm, which essentially what this movie will be. James said it will be like a horror film. But that's everything, guys. What do you guys think about it? 
I'm excited for this whole slate of DCU. And D James Gunn said that everything we just said here, this will be like chapter one, Gods of Wars. James Gunn even said that's not the full slate of chapter one. That's just what they're bringing to the table right now. So, like, think about it. What? How many things do we have? One, two, three, four, five, five, ten things. Ten things coming. Not including the four that are coming out already that were already planned out years ago this year. That's not really chapter one, but we got ten things coming in between ne next year, essentially, and I'm gonna say, well, you said ten years, right? So 2024 to 2034. That's gonna be crazy, bro. <coughs> and obviously, we all know how things work. Things are gonna get rearranged, probably put ahead of something, canceled, all that good stuff. But again, tell me what y'all think. New Superman, new Batman. Who can play? Who can play these characters? Who can play the uh, how how Jordan or John Stewart? You know what I'm saying these uh, creature commandos, the authority, off-branded creep people, characters that we don't know nothing about. We brought into the DC universe as a whole. What do you guys think? Like the levels are gonna be bananas. But yeah, y'all know what to do. Go hit me up on that Facebook, Camilla Jose Feliciano. Send me a DM. Send me a message. Tell me what's up. Tell me what's good. Love you. I'm saying what's up. Hit up that Good Pods podcast group. Drop a like there. Drop an info there. Hit me up on there as well. Hit me up on YouTube.com slash MFG22. Just look at the search bar, MFG22. Or check me out on Twitch.tv slash Gaming. One word, no spaces. And also, y'all need some energy in your life? Go check out W Energy. Drop that 10% off code MFG22 to get 10% off your tubs. The starter pack doesn't come for the starter pack. But get 10% off your tubs, your shirts, your hats. I don't know if they do it for the, the shaker bottles. But yeah, come on, y'all. Let's show, show some love. We, we trying to brand here. We trying to brand. We trying to grow. We trying to survive. We're trying to love, people. We're trying to love. But always, you know what I'm saying? Always and forever. You don't know what it is. One love. Peace.